Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of Franchise Euphoria, we have Shapur Nijad, who is the founder and CEO of Pizza Guys, a rapidly growing pizza chain with 70 locations throughout California, Nevada, and Oregon. He started his pizza journey in Cleveland, Ohio back in 1979, where he worked at a pizza restaurant while attending college. He worked his way up and became a partner in multiple pizza restaurants. When he moved to California in 1984, he brought his knowledge of traditional East Coast pizza, modified it to California's taste buds, and co-founded Pizza Guys. Founded in 1986 and franchising since 1984, Pizza Guys offers high-quality and delicious gourmet pizzas at a price point that can meet every budget. Each Pizza Guys pizza is handcrafted using fresh-made dough, 100% whole milk mozzarella cheese, and a sauce made with fresh-packed Californian grown tomatoes, all topped with high-quality toppings from trusted brands. The brand currently has 70 stores open and operating across three states, and the total investment necessary to begin operation of Pizza Guy is around $300,000. I say all that just to say that this is a really fascinating uh, interview with Shapur, where he talks uh, candidly and openly about how the Pizza Guys has grown uh, and been patient in its growth uh, over the years. So really enjoyed this interview and hope you do as well. Hello, Shapur. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How you doing? Awesome. Awesome. Doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have you on. You're the CEO and founder of Pizza Guys, yes, uh, which, you know, I think the name sort of speaks for itself. But uh, we're going to talk a lot about the concept, how it came about, how it's grown. But first, I always like to get a little bit of background and an understanding of where you came from in terms of your experience, your background in franchising or in restaurant businesses, and then how it evolved into the Pizza Guys franchise. My story is a long story, but uh, I tried to make it as short as possible and cover everything. And this, my story started actually back in Cleveland, Ohio, when I was going to college to study for mechanical engineering at Cleveland State University. It was just one of those coincidences that my first job over there while going to college was a pizza business. I worked for this gentleman and uh, I guess I just did a good job for him and really cared about his business. He was not much experienced himself because he just bought the business and not being in the business, he didn't have experience. And we just worked together really, really hard from one store operation. We ended up getting two and he liked me so much, my hard work that he made me partner on the first one. And then subsequently we opened the second store and that was the start of my career. And uh, even after I finished school, it just stuck with me because I found the passion for the business. And uh, unfortunately, the weather in Cleveland, Ohio, was not my favorite weather. And uh, whose uh, is right? I mean, who lives <laughs> over there? <laughs> really, you know, because I used to visit my uncle over here in in Sacramento, 
during Christmas, you know, they'd be in short sleeves and I go back to Cleveland, it would be like 27 below zero with the wind chill factor and stuff like that. So I said, you know, something wrong with this picture, you know, they have short sleeve in California in Christmas time. And, and so I, I decided to move to California. Smart man. That was in 1984. And uh, I decided that this business was good to me. Like I said, I, I found a passion in the business. So I didn't pursue my engineering degree. I just continued my passion pizza business. Uh, I had to learn the California taste buds a little bit different than, than the East Coast pizza. So I had to modify the recipe and try to adjust with California stuff. In what way? Well, over there in, in, in East Coast, Cleveland and, and all the states over there in that area, they're more um, thicker pizza, more meatier pizza, greasy pizza. And over here is more health conscious California style pizza with a lot of vegetable toppings and stuff, which is totally different. That East Coast, we never had fresh vegetable. We always had canned mushrooms and stuff like that over there. So changing the recipe so the people in California would like the recipe and, and uh, that took a, took a challenge for me and, and learning from the chains that were here and some of the shops and trying to learn the taste buds of California and, and adjust to that. That was what I had to do. And uh, my first store I opened up in 1986. And uh, it was something that I wanted to do. And I, I really worked hard at it. Uh, I opened seven stores. And after seven stores, I saw the need to franchise. And that's when we started getting ready, hired a franchise attorney and getting the operation manual set and all that stuff. And uh, it took a long time, a lot of hard work to get that going. And finally, in 1994, we franchise our first store and uh, the rest is history and right now we have about 70 locations and some under construction also but we are in mostly northern california we have a couple of stores in portland area and then we have three stores in nevada two in northern nevada and one in las vegas area and we are right now expanding into southern california because that uh, seems like everything is just right for us in that area so from mechanical engineer to pizza guy, I mean, it sounds like such a logical progression. <laughs> I, use, I, I, I use it every day, at least the mathematics part about the pie and everything else. <laughs> well, I love that. No, that's probably true, right? I mean, because at the end of the day, you're a business guy, right? Business is about mathematics. It's, it's exactly. about financials. It's about profit margin and revenue. It's a, talk about that a little bit because, you know, I was sort of saying that tug in cheek a little bit, but certainly I'm sure you use your background and part of your success is due to the fact that yes you're in the pizza business but it is a business that you've got to make money and the locations have to make money exactly so a little bit about uh, me being a, a handy person and uh, using some of my mechanical engineering technique or, or during the construction of my first stores because when you're getting started you're sort of on a very low budget, so you do a lot of the stuff yourself and getting everything done mostly by yourself to save labor. Everything that I learned in my life, going to school and just, just working and, and having the, the pizza business in Cleveland helped me a lot to get me started over here in California. And I'm, I'm very proud of it. And on top of that, when you're in the business for yourself and you sort of decide that this is your career, this is your life, you look at it different. You know, you look at it different by not only caring about yourself, but you have to care about your, your employees. You have to care about the customers. You have to care about uh, what kind of food you prepare for the customers. 
is it good enough for you? Is it good enough for customers? You know, when you decide on, on being in a business that is not a one day, two day kind of job, it's forever. Uh, you have to think about the longevity of it. I mean, right now, I'm proud to say that we are in business for over 32 years, 34 years, sorry, 34 years. And uh, yeah, don't short side yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I've been talking about this for a long time. So I sort of sometimes I forget how many years it's been, 34 years in California. And it is a business that you decide that you want to be in it for long term. So you better establish yourself as a place that families can come and later on they bring their kids over and then now the kids have kids. You know, that that's the true story that I sometimes I think I'm getting old because now they say, oh yeah, my parents used to bring me to this shop and now I'm bringing my kids. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it is true. And, you know, when you think about Everybody in this equation, you think about your employees' well-being and employees being happy where they work and the customers being happy to keep coming back. And, and they know that always we strive to create a better menu of healthier choice and more clean label items and stuff. Those are the things that keeps you going and give you satisfaction, per se, you know? Well, talk to me about, you know, every time I have people on there talking about a concept, because we're obviously an audio podcast, I'd love to have you make a visual for this. I mean, what what can somebody expect uh, if they're listening and have never been to a Pizza Guys? And I, I've never been to a Pizza Guys. I'm in Indiana, so obviously I'm not uh, in any of the locations where, where you currently are. But what's the look and feel? What, what does somebody expect as they walk in? You know, what's the look and feel of a location? Sure. We decided uh, that our model that we want to operate our pizza business is a delivery and takeout only. So this is typical about 12 to 1400 square feet with a very small lobby area. And some of the lobby lobby area that we have, uh, they have limited seats for customers to pick up their pizza. And recently on a 14 to 1600 square feet spaces, we have maybe two, three tables just for the convenience of the customers. That's pre-COVID-19 area, right now all the tables are folded away. But anyway, so this is a delivery and takeout. So mostly as you see um, that uh, we have a lot of customers that come pick up the pizza. This is again, normal days and, and a lot of deliveries that's, uh, that are going out with our drivers and stuff like that. Uh, the difference that uh, we think that we have, we have a feel of a family. We don't, we, we don't want to have a feel of a chain pizza business because we do everything at our store. We, we, we make our dough from scratch every day. We shred our cheese, all the vegetables and everything like that. Every franchisee is the owner of their own stores and they're right there operating. And everybody feels like a family at the store where we encourage the owners of the store make a solid connection with the community and know every customers by their first name and things like that. So when they come, they feel like they're in a neighborhood pizza place. And that's a huge plus because uh, people like that. People like to be recognized when they come. People like to be appreciated and people like to go places where they're comfortable and they trust the place. So that's the kind of feeling that you get. On top of that, the menu selection that we created for our customers to be different from all the chains that are out there. You know, we, they, we wanted them to have the most premium specialty gourmet pizzas that are out there. But in order for you to have it, you need to go to one of those fancy pizza places, uh, bistro type, and sit down and have it. And the other chains that, that are out there right now, they don't deliver high quality gourmet pizzas. But we specialize in that. We call ourselves the home of the specialty pizzas. We have over 20 
specialty gourmet pizza in our, on, on our menu. So anything yeah, your, your taste bud, you know, asks for, and we have it basically. And and the other thing is that the toppings that we choose every time we try to do better from the last time. Meaning that if I have to change a topping or an item on our menu, the next item that's replacing this one has to be better. Uh, maybe a, a clean label, you know, all natural, things like that. Um, there's no reason to change it if you cannot make it better. We never change an item because of the price, never. In the 34 years history, every item that we change, that item had to get better by being all natural or organic or um, locally sourced. Something about it had to be better in order for us to change. The price came second price was not an issue because 34 years in business, we wanted to keep continuing to get our menu to be better and the toppings to be better. And that's what we did. Well, and you've been in this, you know, obviously a long time with franchising. I mean, beginning franchising in 1994. So I know you've seen a lot of, you know, changes throughout. I mean, I guess from when you first got into franchising to now, you know, what are some of the things, I, I know there's probably a laundry list, but for those listening who are contemplating turning their business into a franchise, you're in a unique position you know, to comment on that. What are some of the things that you think are most important for businesses to identify before they turn their business into a franchise? They have to be, I think, very selective in choosing the right franchisee. Unlike the big chains that they look for, developers to come in and uh, open multiple location in, in a territory, those people, they're doing it for the money. They don't have the passion for the business or anything. They just look at the math and they want to do it for money. We, we look for people that have the passion for the business and they want to be hands-on. If you're hands-on, you qualify as my franchisee. And, and that's, what, that's what we want. I think for longevity of the business, if you have people that have the passion for the business, you will succeed. And if you don't, you know, a little bit of bump in the road or something, they're going to give up. And we see that time and time again with some franchise, big franchise companies that they, you know, they come in, at, in, in a city and all of a sudden, a couple of years, they're gone again. You know, they're left because they, they cannot survive because they don't have the people that have passion on running the stores. They just have managers that they hired and they get the orders from an office somewhere out of the state, out of the city. And that's not what we want. And we, we have to be very selective into choosing the right franchisees. And, and it's challenging. It's very challenging to find that because, uh, you know, people have choices to go to anywhere and buy any franchise. And you need to convince them that, hey, this is, this is our passion. This is something that we want. And uh, if they want to join, they have to continue to have the passion for the business and not look at it like an ATM machine. And if you have the right people, uh, you survive. And, and I'll tell you, some of the, my franchisees that we have on board, they've been with me over 30 years, over 30 years for sure. And they're, That's you know, incredible. That's they're multiple, multiple owners and, and they started from one store operation. Now they have four, five, six, seven stores in the territory and very successful. And, and, you know, when you, when you grow to be that big, you, you, you cannot 
run every store, but you still could be hands-on, know everything that's happening at your store. And that's what we were talking about. And know the community, like you said, because, I mean, look. Exactly. Right. I mean, you know, that's going to be the difference between people, especially when you're, you're pickup and delivery in large part. And so when people are sitting around thinking, hey, I want to grab some pizza, you want to be top of mind. Exactly. You know, in that five mile radius or, or whatever the radius is, you know, for that community. Question for you. Have you, were you guys always pick up and delivery? I mean, because it seems, I mean, for, from the get go, or is this something that evolved along the way? Uh, no, it, it, it was always a pick up and delivery. We experimented with a very small dining room, you know, before I franchised just to see how, how it goes. And uh, we decided that that's not the model. And immediately, I mean, I'm talking about maybe six months or something. And then we changed the concept to delivery and takeout. So pretty much delivery and takeout was our concept from the beginning. And so obviously, so that predates, you know, Uber Eats and all these third-party delivery vendors and services, which it leads me to my next question that you probably, my guess is when you guys deliver, it's your people delivering or you're not, or are you yes. utilizing third-party delivery folks? Uh, yes. Uh, so this whole phenomenon of a third party, that's again, on the last question that you had, I wanted to add a little bit. Uh, in this day of age, when you when I say that you have to be involved in the community and have people want your product and not accidentally come across your product, that's so important because the the competition that you have right now is not other pizza places anymore. It is everything that out there that can be delivered. So with that's the Uber so Eats true. and all the third party, all the third parties that are out there, and other pizza places not necessarily your competition. You have everything that's on DoorDash menu or everything that every restaurant, every concept that's out there, those are your competitions. And we had to think really, uh, really, really hard to say, should we go in bed with these third parties and stuff? Unfortunately, um, we had to come to a conclusion that the people that are choosing to buy from these third parties are not doing it because of the food. They're doing it because of the convenience. And that's something that you cannot change. I mean, we, we do everything in our power to have the best delivery system and, and, and pick up and all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But when, when people having all their credit card and their address and everything on one platform and they can scroll down, today I want Chinese food, tomorrow I want pizza, whatever, whatever, it's hard not to be there because if you're not there, they would go to somebody else. They're not looking for your name on that third-party platform. They're looking to order something right now because of the convenience. And if you're not there, they're going to order from your competition, plain and simple. So for that reason, we had to. We decided that we want to be there. And uh, of course, we had. You know, it's a difficult thing, but we don't concentrate as that being our primary business. We don't want to do that, and we continue to improve our delivery system and stuff. And 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 every time people order from a third party, we try to say, hey, you can go ahead direct to our website and order and save even more and uh, convert all of those people to direct order direct from us. And that's what we are trying to do. But nevertheless, there's going to be people there that are going to order just for the convenience because they're already signed up on that platform. Everything is simpler for them. And I guess they also get rewards and stuff like that, which is a tricky way of, of stealing my customers. <laughs> I always say that. It's an interesting thing because the whole third-party delivery and the Uber Eats and all that, I mean, first of all, they take so much, you know, they take such a high percentage. It's not exactly, at least my understanding is for a lot of places, not exactly profitable. But to your point is, 
you kind of have to be on it, right? You got to dance with the devil, as they say, because when people are searching, that's what they're searching for. Exactly. And if you're not there, some of them, unless they already know about you, they're not they're not going to find you. It seems to me it's very fluid with regard to this third party delivery. And there's a lot of locations. I think California is one of them where they're looking at different types of regulations to help rein that in a little bit because i think they realize how much those parties are taking from the underlying restaurants plus you know you don't have control over the delivery and and how the people are and all that sort of thing yeah you have you have no choice you have no choice and 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 i i feel really bad for the mom and pops out there that they don't have the power to negotiate you know with with us you know we have we had a little power to negotiate a better deal but I think this is the death of the mom and pop out there that are going to die because they don't have the strength to negotiate and and, uh, they're going to be paying high fees and then there's going to be no profit left for them. And that's going to be a a huge challenge. So a lot of these mom and pop are going to be out of business because of that. But we were lucky enough to be able to negotiate some better deal with them. But of course, it's still challenging, still challenging. We have to try to make it up some other way by creating a, a, a different menu and stuff like that. Let's talk for a moment as we finish up here about COVID. You'd mentioned it earlier, and it seems to me that your business is probably doing okay with COVID, with the pickup and delivery, perhaps even even growing a bit. I mean, what's been your experience through COVID from a business perspective? Yes, we've been blessed, and I'm saying as loud as I can get, you know, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, God, for blessing us with this thing at this time, and you don't even know how this thing happened, but it did happen. But I think I think we also have to pat ourselves in the back as far as why are we successful and was it something that we did? Yes. I think I think we did some stuff that ahead of time we had the infrastructure correct. Having a POS system that could uh, quickly change the procedures and some of the things that we do so you can accommodate this contactless delivery. You can accommodate the curbside pickup. You can accommodate cashless transaction. You know, everything that is this pandemic is asking for. Those are some of the things, you know, I'm a a technology savvy kind of guy. You know, technology uh, becomes available. If I'm not the first one, I'll be the second one. You know, it's like that quickly I jump on board because I love technology. I can't wait for this autonomous vehicle delivery because I think that's going to happen, you know. Oh, sure. So we're going to be on it, you know, as soon as it becomes available. So throughout all these years of doing business, I was always in the forefront of technology and getting things done better, faster, you know, with technology and stuff. So we had the infrastructure in place when this thing hit and we could really, really benefit from it. And also, I'm proud of my team over here at my corporate office. You don't know how how scared my franchisees were. And they were calling me personally asking, are we going to shut down? What's going to happen? You know, what do we do? This and that. So the corporate team, myself and all my staff over here at the corporate, we had to sit down and decide on some of the procedures and protocols and try to do it as quickly as possible with the help of my area managers that go visit the stores. And for example, you know, getting getting this sneeze guard in place and stuff, you know, again, my engineering mind came in and tried to <laughs> put something together really quick. So we, we probably installed the uh, sneeze guards uh, at the front counter probably within the first week. Finding the uh, sanitizers and gloves and masks, that's that was another challenge to try to get that. Again, my team worked really hard. And, and because we have a good relationship with some of our suppliers and vendors, so they respect that and they get us that stuff that we need. 
as a priority because we are long-term kind of customers, you know. And and my staff, you know, getting all that coordination and, and having a Zoom meeting every week and, and uh, like a webinar and trying to connect with our franchisees and let them know that what's going on. We had so many of these meetings and we had so many of these uh, procedures and protocols put in place immediately, immediately. They felt so comfortable right off the back and 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 uh, and the customers also it was the customers it was the employees it was the franchisees all of them felt comfortable enough that during this pandemic yes you can still run this business without being scared if you follow the procedures and protocols and the customer trusted us all the time before now we told them hey every counter every surface gets sanitized every half an hour all of my uh, drivers they can deliver your pizza your product contactless delivery, or you can do a curbside pickup, you come to the store, you text this number, and we deliver the stuff to you. You don't have to pay cash, you don't have to come into the store, you can prepay cashless transaction, and you can have your product without coming in, signing anything, signing any paper and stuff. So customer felt comfortable, employees felt felt comfortable because we had the sneeze guard between the customers and the employees if somebody was coming in. And then we provided all the masks and gloves and sanitations and wiping everything. So everybody felt good about it. And the customer trusted us. The employee trusted us. Franchisee trusted us. And it worked really, really good for us right from the get-go. And that was that was the secret to success. And I'm proud to say that we are, yeah, we are, our business is doing really good because of that. Because the customers continue to get their product from a place that they trusted before. And they will trust again because we provided all these procedures and protocols. And that's a blessing. That's great to hear. So you are in California, Nevada, and Oregon. Are you looking to expand outside of those states? Yes. Are you going across the country? Uh, no, we don't want to go across the country. Again, it's, it's, I, I love to uh, go places that I can give sufficient support to my franchisees and stuff. And I, I, I think I like that. it's not going to be a justice if I you know, jump state and go, let's say, all the way to New York and stuff. If, if a franchisee is strong enough, like I have people that are acquiring about Texas, uh, Arizona, and uh, Colorado and stuff like that. So if I have a strong franchisee, then I know we can open multiple stores. We might go to neighboring states, but we don't want to jump too far because the support is the most important. The franchisee needs that support. For example, the newest store that we opened in Santa Clarita, which is Southern California, it's not too far away from the base. We started the construction during the pandemic and we finished it during the pandemic. And that was the most successful opening we ever had. Wow. And people were lined up waiting for us to open. And I said, what is going on? <laughs> and it was, it, was a, it was a pleasant surprise. And we did really, really good with that opening. But I had to send in at least... Uh, five or six people from my corporate office, from the company store managers and stuff to be able to support them because it was too overwhelming with the new staff over there. Even though we trained all the staff and everything week or two weeks ahead of time, you could never have them be, you know, experienced 100% to be able to handle a rush of a Friday night having two, 300 pies made in a couple of hours per year. You know what I'm saying? Well, I love that because I love that you're giving such an honest take on this. Me being somebody who works with a, with people in this industry and have done it for many, many years, you know, there's so many people who just who just will say, "Oh, we're going to expand across the country." It's like, really? How how are you going to do that? How are you going to take care of the people? How are you going to help them open? They just sort of like, "Oh, we'll figure it out." And I like that you're being really thoughtful about it, and you've been doing it. I mean, if anybody could say it, it'd be you've been doing this for over 30 years, but you understand that. 
you know, every location you open up takes some handholding and takes being there and takes maneuvering and takes working through challenges. And it's really hard to do that across the country if you don't have a team in place there to do it. Exactly. And the other attitude I have, no matter who it is, if a franchisee trusts me and my company to become my franchisee, they didn't find the money somewhere in the woods. They, they, they worked hard to get that money to come in and open a store. So I hate to see a store. I don't, I don't want to just bring a franchisee and have them not be successful. And that's not part of the equation. I want them to be successful and I want them to really do good. And if I if I just bringing them on just to satisfy my ego, saying, oh, we open five store here, three store here and stuff. And then after a couple of years, they go belly up. That's not going to make me feel good at all. You know what I'm saying? That's why over 95 percent of our stores from day one are open and we are doing good because of that. And the franchisees are with us for a long, long time. And I, I want every one of them to succeed. And I just don't want to, like I said, don't want to satisfy my ego having, oh, I have this many stores here over there because it takes a lot of effort to take a brand from from an area that is well known and to an area that is not well known and try to make the brand it would take time and and that's where you need the support from the corporate to be able to hold their hands and 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 show them different things and every market is also different you know we within california we have stores in different regions and we find out that the same thing that we do in Northern California, we cannot do the same thing in Southern California. It's just different. The people are different. The market is different. So we have to adjust. Now we go to another state that's even more different. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing that I did when I moved from Ohio to California. I said, that pizza is not going to win over here. You know, everything is about meat. <laughs> over here in California, is everything about vegetable and, and uh, healthy and this and that. So... So I had to adjust. So I know what it takes. I know what it takes. And we want to win. Failure is not part of the equation. That's why we want to be careful not to go too far out of the base so we cannot give support, you know? Well, congratulations on your patience, on your longevity, on your success. And if you want to learn more about Pizza Guys, you can go to pizzaguys.com. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and all social media outlets. Uh, thank you again, Shapur, so much for, for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you for having us. I think it's a great one because I love I love the patience. I love the idea that you really have focused on doing this the right way and your longevity speaks for that. So I wish you best of luck in the future and thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you for having us. I appreciate it and hope to talk to you again. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says Ratings and Reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.